This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs, joined by Dashran Yohan and Hezrul Ashraf. So last year, the Shah Alam City Council released its draft local plan for public consultation. And in it was a proposal to build a road right across the Shah Alam community forest, which would permanently destroy about two hectares of pristine rainforest, hundreds of trees and species, and all the forest trails many have come to love. But a new study has found that the area has been wrongly designated as development land and is in fact still part of a permanent forest reserve. So we're going to find out more about this study and why this Lango State government should pay attention to the findings. And as always, you can share with us your thoughts and comments. You can tweet us at BFM Radio and also WhatsApp at 018-789-8899. That's right. So it's World Wildlife Day tomorrow and the theme for this year is Forests and Livelihoods Sustaining People and Planet. So it's meant to highlight the central role of forests, forest species and ecosystem services in sustaining the livelihoods of hundreds of millions of people globally and particularly uh, of indigenous and local communities with historic ties to forested and forest adjacent areas. All of this, of course, aligns with UN Sustainable Development Goals 1, 12, 13 and 15, and there are wide-ranging uh, commitments to uh, uh, elevating uh, poverty, ensuring sustainable use of resources, and on conserving life land. Yeah, so it's ironic then that here in Malaysia, right, we're seeing and hearing uh, of more forests being cleared for development, uh, you know, in some cases, permanent forest reserves are being degazetted for more development projects despite this global calls for, uh, you know, such global calls for preservation. And it seems like everyone's just obsessed with, you know, <laughs> development these yeah. past few years. Um, now, just last month, the National Forestry Bill uh, Amendment 2020 was agreed upon by the authorities, except for the proposed amendment on the provision of conducting public investigations, as well as the need for a simultaneous replacement of permanent forest reserve, which was gazetted out. Um, so this means then that in Malaysia, only one state government, Slangor, mandates that forest reserves cannot be degazetted without public participation. So, uh, what it act well, you know, so what to put it simply, it means that any other state government in peninsula, peninsular Malaysia who has the final say on land matters in their state can decide on marking a forest reserve for development without having to hear, you know, feedback from the public or other stakeholders that might be involved in the process. Yeah, and they also don't need to, you know, replace um, similar amount of forest, mm. um, you know, if they yeah. were to degazette an area. Wow. And, and that's really disappointing, right, that outcome, because um, as it stands, current Malaysian laws that protect our, you know, really precious and priceless forests are very weak, um, and that's because of a lot of loopholes. And we're not going to get into too much of that for today, but uh, here's a shameless plug. Do have a listen to our series on Earth Matters, which is titled Forest Files Findings, uh, which was done in collaboration with the folks from local environmental journalism portal, makaranga.org. And that kind of explains, you know, who calls the shots on forest use in Malaysia, you know, and I think more importantly, why the public really needs to have a say in forest use here in Malaysia, um, you know, among many other things. So you can find those at bfm.my slash earth. And speaking of forests, um, last year, also on Earth Matters, we highlighted the Shah Alam community forest, you know, which was mm. in danger of being cut down. 
to get this right to make way for a road. Oh boy! Okay. <laughs> so um, actually, I spoke to um, Alicia Teo and Dr. Lim Tegwin from the Shah Alam Community Forest Society about why they were fighting to preserve this small but really important community forest. And um, if you'd like to listen to that, you can also find that at bfm.my/earth. Yes, and according to the society, the Shah Alam Community Forest is an approximately 430 acres of selectively logged lowland rainforest. So the area forms a critical ecological corridor that connects the two remaining patches of Bukit Charaka Forest Reserve, which is the Subang Dam uh, Water Catchment Forest and Taman Bot- uh, Botany Shah Alam, both which are believed to still home the endangered Malayan tapir and other threatened species as well. So the Shalem Community Forest Society was officially formed in March 2016 in an attempt to save and gazette this precious forest. But as it stands, the Shah Alam Community Forest is currently owned by the state government who owns 130 acres and the Selangor State Development Corporation who owns 300 acres. Right, and as we mentioned earlier, the Shah Alam City Council uh, has released its draft local plan or draft rancangan tempatan 2035 for public consultation, uh, which highlighted a plan uh, to build a road right across the Shalam community forest linking Satya Alam and Bandar Nusaru. And, you know, again, we'd like to reiterate that the proposed road will likely permanently destroy about two hectares of pristine rainforest and, you know, everything, uh, you know, living in it. And Shalam Community Forest Society's founder and secretary, Alicia Teo, said that the community forest was an attraction for not only residents of the area, but, you know, for also for many people from around the Klang Valley. And, you know, some people, uh, you know, would go every week to hike the trails, uh, you know, pre-MCO times. In previous interviews, Alicia also highlighted how the forest has been used as a teaching uh, and learning zone for students from a primary school all the way to university level. So it looks like it's got a lot of, uh, you know, functions. I, I, you know, I think something about the MCO that really came out to us was that, you know, we was trapped in our homes and when there was just like any chance for us to get mm. out, we a lot of us sought out green spaces like this, yeah. right? And because we couldn't travel far, so we of course had to look towards our community to find mm. places. And gosh, I mean, just looking at, in my neighbourhood alone, you know, how crowded those places yeah. became. It, it's encouraging to see that, no? Yeah, it mm. is. And, mm. and so it's really, I guess it's really sad to hear that, you know, all these little community patches, all these little green lungs are, you know, constantly making way for, for development of, yeah. you know, more condos, more mixed developments because, you know, we don't have enough right. already, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and, and and developments that, that are not as accessible to the public, right? These are private right. private uh, yeah. um, projects and residences. Yeah, and I think what always gets me is I always see, like in my area, for example, they uh, when the condos that are coming up, part of the, um, you know, uh, advertising is like, you will be part of a forest reserve. So they're cutting one part of it just to give you a little right. view of the, re- you know, the rest. Oh, yeah, that's so ironic, isn't it? I cannot take that. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, speaking of the Shah Alam one, uh, the society is keeping up with their fight to protect this area, and as part of that, they actually commissioned a study of the area with funding from the UN's Global Environment Facility or GEF Small Grants Program. So the study was carried out with the assistance of legal experts from the Environment and Climate Change Committee of the Malaysian Bar Council, which was led by Q Jiayao. Jayao and a team of mapping and forestry experts led by Dr. Tekwin Lim, who is an adjunct lecturer at the School of Environmental and Ge- Geographical Sciences at University of Nottingham, Malaysia. And Tekwin is also a member of the SACF Society. Yeah, and, and 
interesting finding from that study is that it was discovered that Shah Alam Community Forest is still part of the remaining Bukit Sharaka Forest Reserve and has not yet been excised by the Selangor State Government. Hence, under existing laws, this uh, area is still a permanent forest reserve or Hutan Simpanan Kekal and cannot be developed without first undergoing due public consultations to change its status. Now, following uh, this, SACF Society's lawyers have submitted a letter and detailed findings of this matter uh, to the Slangor State Secretary and Slangor Forestry Department in November 2020. To date, they say that they neither have responded uh, you know, to refute their claims and they're urging the Slangor State Government to acknowledge the error, the error of designating SACF as a development land, and to acknowledge, you know, the rightful status of SACF as Hutan Simpanan Kekal, and this would keep it protected in perpetuity for the rakyat. Yeah, so this is really a pretty huge development. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we, we just got to go for a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to have Techwin join us to give us more context on these findings and you know what exactly it means for the case to keep this beautiful rainforest from being developed. So that's coming up after this quick break. You're still tuned to the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture. I'm Judith Jacobs, joined by Hazrul Ashraf and Dashran Yohan. So um, today we're talking about the Shah Alam Community Forest. And uh, earlier we gave you a brief rundown of the findings from a new study that was commissioned by the Shah Alam Community Forest Society, who are fighting to keep this forest from being cleared. Uh, and this is for the construction of um, a road, actually, and other developments. So what's happening is the society is urging the Slango State Government to reconsider their plans and study the findings of their report which shows that the area marks for development is actually still part of a permanent forest reserve and not development land as it's currently classified. Yes, so joining us now to explain all this uh, is Dr. Lim Tekwin, the treasurer of the Shah Alam Community Forest SACF uh, Society and an adjunct lecturer at the School of Environmental and Geographical Sciences at the University of Nottingham, Malaysia. Welcome Tekwin. Now before we get to the study and its findings, can you remind us about the Shah community forest and why it's so significant from an ecological point of view. Okay, so Shalom Community Forest is really important mainly because of the nature and it's one of these areas which is still a natural pristine forest in the heart of Shalom. And so it's got animals like tapir, uh, which are iconic black and white creatures, and of gibbons, which are these kind of apes that live in the trees. They're not monkeys, they're actually apes. And so we have our own native ape species living still, swinging between the trees of Shah Alam. You don't need to go to Tamanagara to see these creatures. You can actually see them in the Klang Valley. And uh, we also have hornbills. It's amazing that uh, you do not need to go to Sarawak, the land of the hornbills, to see in hornbills. We still have hornbills in, in Selangor and even in, uh, in Shalam. So this are uh, wild birds. In fact, we've got hundreds of species of wild birds and insects and beautiful flowers. Like, uh, I don't know if you, if you know the bat lily. It's just an amazing uh, ornate flower that, that is found naturally growing in the forest. Yeah, so Malaysia is actually home for all of these amazing flowers like Rafflesia, everyone heard of, but there are also these lesser known. In fact, we've got thousands of species of plants in our forests. And uh, one of the great things about the Shalom community forest is that 
the local residents really do appreciate the nature. In fact, if it weren't for the pandemic, there would be thousands of people visiting the forest every week. And so this is an area not only they go for trekking, but they go for mountain biking. And uh, there are certain parts of uh, the forest which have uh, four-wheel drive trails uh, through them. In fact, uh, part of the forest was pioneered by some of these four-wheel drive and motocross uh, bunch. So uh, people who like to get out of doors, you know, being cooped up for so many months due to the MCO. Um, This is certainly something I'm looking forward to, uh, getting back into the forest and trekking in the forest. So it's called a community forest as well. Now, why is that? Yeah, well, it's a community forest because it was uh, the trails were opened up really primarily by the community, originally by the Orang Asli community. And there are still Damwon uh, villages in the vicinity, but more recently by uh, other residents from other communities living in places such as Setia Alam and uh, U10 and 11 uh, sections in, in Shah Alam. And those people uh, have uh, realized that they don't want to have to trek all the way to Tamanagara to enjoy the uh, enjoy nature. And when they have this nature you know, basically in their backyard, so they have made these trails themselves, made these trails in the forest themselves. And so they not only make the trails, they keep the trails free from litter. Uh, they maintain the access when uh, trees fall down, you know, they, they clear the, the vegetation um, and make these really sustainable trails. And in fact, we're working with the professionals who uh, dry, design these forest trails in such a way as to avoid erosion and to make them uh, walkable, a pleasure to walk on, not too steep, and uh, yeah, good kind of gradient for walking as well as mountain biking. And Techman, when we caught up with you last year, we were discussing the proposed developments that would cut through this forest. Can you remind us about what exactly is being planned for this area based on the MBSA's Local Draft Plan 2035? Yeah, well, unfortunately, like so many green areas in the Klang Valley, more than 90% of this area has been zoned by the local majlis, the Shalam uh, City Council. They've zoned it for development. They've zoned it for cleared to be cleared for roads. And in fact, this particular area, they've zoned to be cleared for cemetery. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is a, we, we found that very disturbing and, and we've put in objections. There was recently a hearing on the latest uh, local plan. So we did put in uh, a lot of objections. We, in fact, the largest amount of feedback for the Shalom local plan was regarding this forest and the importance of saving this forest. So we got thousands of people to uh, register their objections. Okay, and that feedback process was happening between July and September last year, right? So have we heard anything from all of that? Yeah, well, we haven't heard any updates, unfortunately, uh, on that process. Um, we've uh, certainly been continued to write to the Menteri Basar, the EXCO, and uh, the uh, other local authorities, but we haven't um, heard any um, anything positive, unfortunately. And Tequin, you know, I'm really interested. Uh, can you share why you are championing the protection of the forest here, you know? And, and maybe you can also explain what uh, we are at risk of losing should the development go through. Yeah, well, this yes, this is where you have to get a bit spiritual. And I think we would lose our collective soul if, if we end up with a concrete jungle. And, and uh, to a certain extent, we can set aside 
the fact that this is actually a duty to the whole of the planet. This is a duty for our future generations. But more than all that, you know, we have to safeguard our own future. I, 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 I guess I'm in the middle of my life, but I, I hope to live the rest of my life in this place, in the Klang Valley. And because I, I plan to live here, and also uh, my friends and family will be living here, I want this to be an enjoyable place to live, a clean place to live, uh, a place which is uh, full of nature, vibrant, clean air, fresh air, and so on. Uh, but I don't know, that, that's the practical reality of I want to be able to go out and enjoy the greenery, which um, is uh, what really our natural heritage, our national, uh, in a way, I, I like to think of it, our treasure chest, in that we have this biodiversity, which is unparalleled around the world. And uh, we've been getting rid of so much greenery over the years, we never stopped to think, and hold on, you know, have we passed the point where we're actually really losing out when we lose the remaining forests? And, uh, and this particular forest that's so close to uh, KL, uh, which has still got all of these species of uh, plants and animals, is something incredibly valuable. And, uh, and we, uh, yeah, so I would, uh, I would personally be devastated if, uh, if all of this development goes ahead. And, you know, uh, Juliet, if you want to speak on a personal level, I felt a real calling to come and uh, save this forest when um, about a year ago, it seems that a tapir from the uh, this patch of forest, because there was some logging going on, mm. it somehow got out of the forest and trekked across Shalam. It's quite unbelievable, but it landed up in my taman, in a drain <laughs> in my taman. Oh. And uh, fortunately, uh, she was caught and, and uh, by the wildlife department. Um, she was taken to a rehabilitation center, and eventually she has been released in uh, Sungai Dusun. But the uh, it, that's a, it, you know I felt this calling because I I went and I I tracked her footprints I saw uh, where she uh, had been in the drain and her blood still there because she cut herself when she went in the drain so yeah that's the kind of my, one of these personal things that told me to sit up and uh, and and really try and fight for the remaining forest even though that particular animal is no longer in the forest. Mm. Now now I think it's important to state that. Amid, amid all this, uh, you know, that you're, you're not anti-development in any way, am I right? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, you and I live in houses in, that are on a development that once was forest. You can't get away from that fact. The question is, when do we stop? And uh, I think we've got a property overhang in the Klang Valley. We've got too much uh, development uh, in terms of uh, economics alone. It's, it's not like people have shortage. They, they, uh, they cannot find uh, houses to live in. I think the, like the rental market is, is, you know, it's stagnating, if anything. You know, it's, it's not, especially with the pandemic, that people need less office space. Why do you need to cut down more forests to build more buildings? It's not like we're short of land. No. Yeah. All right, now we want to focus on the findings of the recent study that you were a part of. How did this study come about in the first place and also what were the findings? All right, so this is actually quite interesting because we got, the, when we decided we wanted to save this forest, we looked around for funding and we got funding from the United Nations. There's this grant uh, called the Global Environment Facility. And so they gave us some funding to do investigations about the status of the forest, you know, what animals are found there, what, uh, what is the, the boundaries of the forest. And so, 
So uh, we, uh, we hired a team of uh, biologists, as I mentioned, but we also contacted uh, a team of lawyers. And we were quite fortunate in that the Bar Council has a, an Environment and Climate Change Committee. And um, I, don't, I don't know if you know uh, Jia Yao from that committee. He, is, uh, uh, he has this team of uh, lawyers who agreed to help us pro bono. And, and this was um, a tremendous boost because it meant we could carry out uh, some legal research into the background of the forest. And uh, funnily enough, we found out that that whole area is actually still a forest reserve, uh, what is known uh, under the Forestry Act as a hutan sipan kakal. Uh, meaning it hasn't yet uh, been um, excised. In fact, the history is quite interesting. It goes back more than 100 years to the colonial time in 1908, when uh, this huge area called the Bukit Chiraka Forest Reserve was um, set aside to be permanent forest. And over the years, that, that forest has kind of been whittled away. And uh, but what uh, remains now is you have the... I think, I think you might know the Taman Botany Negara Shah Alam, yes. that uh, Bukit Chaka used to be known as, uh, right. uh, or Bukit Chahaya Sri Alam. It's had quite a few names, but um, that forest there, and also the Subang catchment area. And so all of, the, all of that uh, forest, including the Shah Alam community forest, is more or less connected apart from uh, this highway that cuts across uh, a portion of it. And, and yeah, we found it's still forest reserve. And so the, the, there's a, a real issue now because it seems that um, the Slango state government has been unlawfully developing inside this area, even though it is still a forest reserve. Okay. And because it's still a permanent forest reserve, am I correct that it cannot or should not be developed without first undergoing public consultations? Mm, well, right. So it, the law states, I mean, the a forest reserve is created by something known as a gazette notification. So there's this government gazette, they issue a notice and they have a map and they say, all right, this area on this map is now officially a forest reserve. And that's what happened. It was created. And so if they want to remove part of it, which is known as excision, they have to follow a similar process, meaning that they have to publish a notification saying that, all right, this area that we said was a forest reserve. Well, we've changed our mind. It's no longer a forest reserve. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it seems they have done that for certain parts of the forest, the original forest, as I mentioned. Uh, but the Shalam community forest area has not, uh, the Gazette notification has not been uh, excised. You know, uh, there has been no, what sometimes people refer to as de-gazettement. That has not been done. So this means that uh, uh, any kind of development in the area is unlawful. And yeah, you're, you're right. In Slango now, the forest law says that before, even before they issued the Gazette notification, they must inform the public and have a public hearing, which uh, of course has not been done. Hmm. Now you've done uh, you know quite a bit of research, uh, Taekwon. You know, have you gone to the authorities with your findings, uh, with these findings, and if so, have you heard back from them? Yeah, so I mentioned the team of lawyers from the Bar Council. So our lawyers have contacted the Slangor State Secretary, who referred her to the Slangor State Legal Advisor. And she had, uh, our lawyers have um, 
I've had numerous uh, contact with the legal advisor, but apparently the legal advisor says that this has to be referred back to the state executive uh, council to make a decision for the politicians to make a decision. But we've really been asking to meet with the state officials, but uh, so far they have uh, they have not given us uh, an opportunity uh, to meet with them. Uh, we we have written several letters asking for meeting, uh, but um, actually the only feedback we got was from the um, the, the relevant agencies uh, asking for a bit of clarification on about our study. And so we shared our study with all of the relevant agencies. Uh, we shared the, the, the paper, the findings, the maps, and uh, all of the, the tabulation of all of the Gazette history of the Forest Reserve. Okay, and how long did it take you to complete all this research? And how are you planning to get the authorities' attention on the matter? Yeah, well, yeah, it, it took us about um, yeah, the best part of a year. Of course, we were delayed somewhat by the pandemic. We couldn't uh, go out and do some of the research. But uh, yeah, the study has been completed now. And so now our objective is absolutely to try and get the message out, to try keep lobbying the authorities. We're, we're fortunate that our local assemblyman, uh, YB Najwan, has uh, been very supportive. He's met us on several occasions. He's helped uh, coordinate uh, our uh, us to meet with the relevant authorities and uh, as you might be aware he also voiced the the uh, well he put forward a motion in the state assembly regarding uh, preserving forest reserves which was passed unanimously which is you know really encouraging but unfortunately uh, he is not on the executive committee that makes the final decision and so so far, the Mantri Basar has not uh, expressed any support for this, um, uh, this this community forest idea. Okay, all right. And um, I guess, you know, are there any ways that the public can still get involved with this campaign uh, if they're keen to do so? Oh, yeah, well, definitely. Um, we have a petition on our website, so we, uh, they can contact uh, uh, the authorities through that petition or they could contact uh, their assemblyman directly or even write to Mantri Basar or message him via social media, uh, try and raise the, the, the fact that the majority, vast majority of people living in Slangor actually do want the remaining special forest to be conserved. Yeah, um, just voice out and and make the politicians aware that forests do matter for, for the people of Slangor. Yeah, they do matter indeed. Uh, on that note, uh, thanks so much, Tekwin, for uh, joining us today. That was Dr. Lim Tekwin, the treasurer of the Sha'alam Community Forest, SACF Society, and an adjunct lecturer at the School of Environmental and Geographical Sciences at the University of Nottingham, Malaysia. And, you know, he described so beautifully why uh, the community forest should be preserved. And he also shared the findings from, from a study which highlights uh, an error by the Slangor State Government in designating SACF. CF as development land when it's actually still part of a permanent forest reserve, which, you know, technically technically shouldn't be developed on. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if so, if you'd like to find out more or get involved in this campaign, just head to the Shalam Community Forest, S-A-C-F 
Facebook page for more information. We need to create. Uh, we need critical mass uh, to get the state government's mm. uh, attention. So do help by spreading the word. Yep, definitely. Mm. And um, you know, if you have any thoughts on this story, um, you can always tweet us at BFM Radio, or you can send us a WhatsApp message at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. You can also drop us uh, the bigger picture team a message on Facebook. Just search for BFM the bigger picture, and you'll find us there. I'm afraid we're running. Uh, we've run out of time for today's show. But you know, if you miss any part of it, you can download the podcast at bfm.my slash daily digest on the bfm app on spotify and also on apple Podcasts and google podcasts and the like um coming up at 3 p.m i'm going to be heading out but hairs and dash are going to be sticking around what's that's happening right. at three guys that's right so we're uh, looking back at one year of uh, Prakat, the Prakata national government uh, you know how uh, well they've done in terms of policy and government because uh, yesterday was uh, one year since Tan Sri Mohidin. An eventful one year. Yes, been, an eventful yeah. one year. It's been uh, since he was uh, sworn in as Prime Minister. What a year. I can't believe what it's already a year. Been I was a year. very polite term. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so to, to weigh in, we'll be joined by Sityawang Sew MP, YB Nick Nazmi Nick Ahmad, as well as Bridget Walsh, Honorary Research Associate at the University of Nottingham Asia Research Institute, Malaysia. So, you know, hold on to your seats there, folks, and uh, stay tuned. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. That's coming up after the 3 p.m. news. But that's it from us from the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.